Ladies and gentlemen of the congregation, welcome to another episode of the Motorsport Ministry. Today is going to be an episode that I've been looking forward to for about a month now. And joining me today to talk about this topic is longtime, I guess, friend, whatever you want to say with this tool bag, William Richard, a.k.a. NASCAR Opinion. How you doing? I'm doing good. Chase Elliott showing that he's still the lead dog at Hendrick here today. I don't know about that one, Chief. Winning the race at Dover. He, he wasn't spinning down the front stretch like the five car was. So, <laughs> uh, no, nah, but uh, I'm doing pretty good on a Monday. Cut a little grass when I got home. Filled a, filled a couple of holes. My dogs decided to dig randomly with some dirt. And then <laughs> other than that, had some spaghetti for dinner and about to eat some candy. Mm, that sounds That spaghetti sounds fire. Spaghetti's always fire. Facts. All right, so today, we're not going to be talking about really anything that happened over the weekend, because really nothing really happened over the weekend, unless we want to talk about the battle on pit road between Denny Hamlin versus his tire. We're going to talk about, so this week, the NASCAR Hall of Fame starts their voting process for, you know, their inductees. And one thing that we were talking about about a month ago when the ballot was first introduced for the new members is... What is like, what does a Hall of Fame really represent? That's really what we're going to try to get into today. Like, is it too easy to get into the Hall of Fame? Just what are the criteria that should really be in the Hall of Fame? We're going to get into stuff like that. So without further ado, let's just get into it. And honestly, I'll start with that question with you. Do you think it's too easy to get into the Hall of Fame? I think, you know, I had a problem the first few years with how many people they let in. I wasn't a big fan of having five people get in per year, but I can also understand that you want to form a really strong foundation for the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know if it's easy. I think it's actually the move to only putting in three per year makes it actually a fairly difficult Hall of Fame to get into, which I like. Um, you know, for an example, and I don't want to use this year's guys because I know we're kind of saving that for the conversation of who we want to put in, but if you don't get in this year, I believe Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss both become available next year, which to me is too early. I think you should have a minimum of being out like eight to ten years. That's just me. I think it's just awkward having guys that just retired literally within the last five years already in your Hall of Fame. That just feels weird to me. But, you know, if you don't get in this year, um, you know, Next comes Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss. And then, you know, uh, there's always going to be another name or two that pops up throughout time. Um, and, and even if that's one year, you know, that, that now makes it two years you're not going to get into the Hall of Fame. And then by that time, is there going to be another big name that emerges? Um, so I think it's becoming a hard Hall of Fame to get into, which I'm personally a fan of. So, no, the current status with three getting in per year, I don't think it's too easy to get into. Yeah, when the Hall of Fame, because the Hall of Fame is like not even, I believe, 10 years old, or it's just barely over 10 years old. So in those first few years, you know, when you had like your Dale Seniors, Richard Petties, you really did need to have five members because you had to get the obvious drivers, the obvious names and personalities into the sport, into the Hall of Fame. Because imagine if we had three getting in, you know, since the Hall of Fame started, there would probably be a couple big names that still want to be in the Hall of Fame, which could be good, could be bad, but then on the other hand, you're like, if Daryl Walsh was taking so long to get to the Hall of Fame, it's like, what the hell are you smoking? I don't think it's hard necessarily to get into the Hall of Fame since they started downsizing to three, but I guess it's kind of going to my next question is really with 
some of the drivers that they're in that are in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not talking about your David Pearsons, your Richard Petty's, your Dale Seniors, where it's a no-brainer that you put them in the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about some of the drivers like this is going to be a little controversial to say, maybe like an Alan Kowicki or a Davey Allison. Yeah, they're Hall of Fame drivers, but when you look at the stats, really, it's like, do you think their presence in the Hall of being Hall of Famers maybe devalues a Hall of Fame in a sense? I think it's it's hard to say that they devalue it, but they definitely are controversial. Now, I think if you're going to make an argument for both, to me, I believe Alan Kowicki should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, winning a championship, it's starting to change in my eyes. But I think thus far, I've I've heard the narrative that you win a cup title, you should be in the Hall of Fame. You have won a cup series championship at the pinnacle of NASCAR stock car racing. Um, obviously, NASCAR is not just the cup series, but that is the pinnacle. That is the top of the land in NASCAR is winning a championship in the cup series. And Allen did that. Also. You know, you can laud to me, Tony Stewart, or uh, or whoever you want to. Alan Kowicki is one of one. He is the only ever driver owner to win a Cup Series championship. He did it the true driver ownership way, and no one will ever argue with me about that. Alan's one of one. Another thing that I was thinking about, <clears throat> knowing that we're doing this conversation today, is I think something that some drivers can hold on to, if maybe you don't win a championship, you don't have a ton of wins, <clears throat> is – can you tell the story of NASCAR without that driver? In a sense, I don't think you can tell the story of NASCAR without Davey Allison. Now, unfortunately, I never got to watch Davey race. I wasn't born for part of it, and even, you know, for a few years, just, I just wasn't around to watch it. But Davey Allison has been a huge storyline of the sport, from him coming up with the Allison family roots to his death. It's hard to tell the story of NASCAR without Davey. Look at one hot night, what happened with that wreck between him and Kyle Petty. It's hard to tell the story of NASCAR without Davey. Now, I can also say that in saying that Davey was put in on what people presumed Davey was going to be, and his death definitely influenced that. Now, I personally believe Davey would have ended up being a Hall of Famer regardless. He, he was poised to be a future champion, poised to probably get at 50-plus wins. I mean, he'd already had 19 wins before he passed away. I mean, he was going to be that anyway, so I don't think it's like a highway robbery. Um, I do not think those names devalue the Hall of Fame because I think most Hall of Famers would say that they are a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I, it gets weird when you see guys down – like, to me – it's weirder to see a guy like Bobby Labonte in the Hall of Fame than it is Davey, and it's so weird because Bobby's got a championship, but you feel like Davey was a bigger superstar in the sport. But, uh, no, to answer the actual question, I do not think, like Davey and Alan Kowicki, I do not think they devalue the Hall of Fame at all. See, Alan Kowicki, I go back and forth all the time to be, should he be in the Hall of Fame, shouldn't he? I understand where people come from where saying he should because again, he did the old. He did it the way no one else has really done it in that time to win a championship. But then I look at the stats, and if we're going from a statistical standpoint, then it's like, yeah, you got a championship. But you've only won five races in your career. It's like, yeah, the championship's nice, but you really don't have anything else to back up on that. It's like when I was talking about the Daytona 500 in a segment. You know, when the season was starting, it was like. The Daytona 500, it's just like an add-on to the resume. And then I guess, you know, 
we'll talk about this in a future question, but it's like some can argue that's how championships feel nowadays. And Davey, this is probably one of my most hot takes. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you could talk about how, you know, you can't tell the story in NASCAR without him, but I'm sorry, 19, like, again, I'm not putting someone in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it's because why he was put in the Hall of Fame that kind of has a bitter taste in my mouth that, oh, we put him in because of what he could have been. But 19 wins and one Daytona 500, which, you know, Daytona 500 is still big, but that's, I need to see more. I mean, if people were scrutinizing Dale Earnhardt Jr. for getting to the Hall of Fame from his career stats, we should do the same thing for a driver like Davey Allison. Well, I think your biggest argument there is if you're going to critique a guy like Junior, then you would have to critique a guy like Davey Allison. But me and you both know Dylan Hart Jr. deservingly should be a Hall of Famer. And, you know, Davey, I'm not going to say he's just off the block of what Junior did because Junior's got some Xfinity Series titles, a second Daytona 500. He's got seven more cup wins. Um, And also, people got to remember, it's hard to remember this, but it is the Hall of Fame. That's another thing element. Davey was a very popular race car driver. Now, I'm not saying popularity should get you in there. Um, did Davey you know, even win but, any most popular driver awards? Uh, he did not, but that's because back in the day, that's Bill Elliott and with Dale Earnhardt. Actually, Bill Elliott won them every single year. So, right. But Davey was a very popular race car driver. I mean, um, he had loads of fans back in the day, and he was created. I don't think he was put in by what they thought he was going to do. I think they put him in by what he had done. And winning a Daytona 500, especially when he did it back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it also meant a lot more, I think. Um, and it's not like that was his one win. He's not Derek Cope. He did go out and win 18 other cup races, um, you know, was a constant threat. It, it, it's one of those few because you can never say, you know, for certain this guy is winning a championship, but he's he may be the guy most in history that you look at and said, if he does not die, he was 100% going to be a cup series champion. You'll never know because you can't say, you know, you can't live on what ifs, but you just feel like he had that aura around him that he was going to be one of the greatest. Um, but, you know, I personally am fine with Davey in the Hall of Fame. I'm personally fine. At the end of the day, you end up being fine with all of them because you ain't going to change it anyways. But, you know, I, I understand the arguments and, and you do feel like a guy like Davey Allison was put in for certain motives. But at the same time, you know, you have guys in the Hall of Fame you know, you have Glenn Wood. Now, Glenn Wood is all for Wood Brothers, so understandable. He has way more history to ride on, but he's got four career wins. Really, the guy you look at is – I think I had another one down here. I've got, like, the all-time wins list pulled up and all that stuff. You know, Red Byron, now he did win the first ever NASCAR title. So, you know, I get it. But, he, you know, Red Byron's got one championship and two career wins, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, Cotton Owens has nine career wins, never won a championship, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, you, you think about things like that. Um, in comparison, you know, Davey's not far-fetched to be that guy, but, you know, it's probably an argument for another day. And I guess it's going to go into my next question in terms of championships is this is a debate, and obviously you said – you've obviously stated your piece, but obviously, you know, I'd like to hear you go more dive deep, dive deep into it, as I'll do also. Should winning a championship – really guarantee you a Hall of Fame entry? You know, for the longest I've said it has, and I think I think I still have to kind of ride that now. Um, you know, you look at the champions that we've crowned over the last few years, and, you know, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson. Um, 
you know, I think uh, you look at both of those are two good examples, right? Because you would look at their career now and think, you know, I just don't know if they've done enough right now to be a Hall of Famer. But I think based on the resume that we've seen or the guys that we've seen get into the Hall of Fame, I've got the list of it right now. The only guys that have won a championship that are not in the Hall of Fame are pretty much the guys that are just, you know, that are still active, I believe. And I want to double check that. So Bill Rexford is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, He's the only one. He's got one championship in 1950 and one career win. Uh, Aside from him, I'm just scrolling the list because I don't want to, you know, I want to have a clear. Chase Elliott, obviously not. Kyle Larson, obviously not. Both of them are active. Logano, Truex, uh, Kurt and Brad, Matt Kenseth, who we will get to. Uh, that may be short-lived. Obviously, he is on the ballot now. So, literally every other champion that is not active in the sport or not at least eligible, because Jimmy Johnson, obviously, has not been eligible yet, um, is in the Hall of Fame. So, they have set a precedent that winning a championship will get you in the Hall of Fame. And I think Chase Elliott, I think he got his 14th career win today. He's only seven wins off both – or, excuse me, seven wins off of Bobby Labonte and Benny Parsons. Both of them have one title. Both of them are Hall of Famers. Um, Buddy Baker never won a title. He's five wins off from being Buddy Baker. And, you know, we've talked before, like, how many wins does a championship quantify? And it's hard to really say that. Maybe maybe 10 wins is a number, right? Um but you feel like if we're going to hold that standard, and I've always held the standard that a championship is the end-all, be-all to a, to a season. You know, I'd rather win a title than a Daytona 500. I'd rather win a championship than 10 races. Um, then I think, I think winning a cup title makes you a Hall of Famer. Now, I think you also have to back it up in other seasons, which Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson both have, I, in my opinion. Uh, it's not like they were um, – mid-pack guys and then ran one year and won a championship and then fell back to mid-pack. It would be a little different then. They still win races. They're still on a championship level. They're still battling for other championships. Um, You know, to me, there's never – really the only controversial champion in the Hall of Fame you mentioned was probably a guy like Alan Kowicki, and that's because he only has a handful of career wins. He's only got five career wins. Um, And so that's where the question even comes now. Now, to be fair – I believe he died the year after he won the championship. So he never had any opportunities to really prove that this is going to be the new standard for himself. Yeah, he never um, had a chance to defend his title. He, he never had a chance to defend his title. He never had a chance to run a full season. You know, if if, if let's say Alan Kowicki never passes away and for the next 10 years of his career he finishes outside the top 10 in points or never flirts with the top five in points again and barely wins races, then you have a different conversation and a different argument for Alan not being in the Hall of Fame. But I think part of it plays the role that he never got the chance to defend, and you never know what could have happened. So right now, my gut feeling, a championship gets a cup series championship should get you into the Hall of Fame. But you've got to still be relevant, in my opinion. You can't fall off the face of the earth. And in my opinion, people have asked me this, you know, who's your dark horse championship? I don't believe in dark horse champions. I just it's never happened in NASCAR history. It's been close once or twice, but it's never happened. There's never been a dark horse NASCAR champion. There's never been a guy one year he got hot, won a title, and never showcased championship ability ever again. It's never happened. Um, You know, maybe one day that does happen. And, you know, we're having a different conversation. But thus far, a championship should get you into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. 
You see, I'm of the opinion that you shouldn't be guaranteed a Hall of Fame spot if you win a championship because let's go because I try to think of the Hall of Fame in the same way about like the NFL Hall of Fame in the sense of like, yeah, you might with like, for example, are you going to put Joe Flacco in the Hall of Fame even though he won a Super Bowl? No, you're not going to put Joe Flacco in the Hall of Fame. Now, granted, like you said, really besides the first three, four, five champions in NASCAR, we're talking back to like well, the 1950s. Here's the, here's the perfect comparison to that. There's a difference between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was Super Bowl caliber one year of his career. Patrick Mahomes has played in two Super Bowls and every single year is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. What if Patrick Mahomes never wins another Super Bowl in another 10 years? He's pretty much already put himself in the Hall of Fame from his level of play. If you could be have a substantial career for, I think the minimum should be like three to five years. If you could I, have that, you need to have a period towards justified. Like you said, you can't just have thing. one or two seasons Conver- and just drop off. The conversation we're going to have later about who we're going to put in this year is going to be a perfect a perfect example of what we're talking about. But we got to get there, obviously, in the conversation. Right. Um, like of someone example. who I personally believe is going to get voted in this year and who I would vote for this year is going to be the perfect example of what we are sort of talking about now. But I, people can probably guess that by listening already and know who that is. But I still want to save it for later when we actually say who we're going to put in. Right. Like, I'm going to use Bobby Labonte as an example. I don't consider Bobby Labonte a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he got one championship, but in 25 years in the Cup Series, he only has nine winning seasons, and he only has eight top ten points finishes. I could see an argument with that, and that and that's where I don't me, consider I've that Hall of Fame weird. worthy, especially when only I've, two of those finishes, especially always, when he only has two top five points finishes. That's, that's why I've always career. that's why I've always felt weird about Bobby Labonte being in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Now, again, 21 career wins is is, is pretty. When we're, I know eventually we're going to have the discussion of what do you think the bare minimum is to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Bobby Labonte in his career wins sort of play a role in where I personally stand on this. Um, but, you know, Labonte is one of those guys. I mean, I, I, if someone were to tell me Bobby Labonte is not in the Hall of Fame, I would not necessarily argue with them. I'm not going to try to defend his honor in that circumstance. Right. So, like, of Bobby Labonte's eight – Win of Bobby Labonte's twenty-five seasons in the Cup Series, he only he only's had only thirty-six percent of those seasons were winning seasons. Thirty-two percent of them were in the top ten, and then he only has two hundred three top tens in seven hundred twenty-nine starts. Yep, that's that's twenty-eight percent. That's a twenty-eight percent top ten completion percentage. There's some drivers who have higher than that in top five finishes in their career. Yep. That's not Hall of Fame worthy, in my opinion. Very factual. So, in my opinion, I don't think you should be granted a Hall of Fame spot. You need to have, in my opinion, at because I, I see the Hall of Fame as, yeah, you know, you're a famous driver. Yeah, but I see you need to be the best of the best. Not, okay, he was good, maybe he was great. No, you have to be great at minimum. That's, in my opinion, what the Hall of Fame should be. It should be, when we talk about prestige in NASCAR, that should be this. you need to be a prestige NASCAR driver. You need to be great at the minimum, ideally legendary, in my opinion. You need to be prestigious at whatever position you are at. Yeah. And you need to be prestigious for a comparable amount of time. Exactly. 
Like Bobby Labonte, yeah, he won a championship. He has a runner of points finish, but do you consider Bobby Labonte a top 20 NASCAR driver? No, definitely not. Would you consider him top? You probably would consider him top 30, but would you consider him top 25? I don't even know if you'd put him top 30. Uh, I exactly. mean, there's cases that he's not. I mean, he's. I mean, he, he's 39th all-time in career wins. He has one championship. And then you look at top 10s, top fives. I mean, you just look at guys that are below him and wins that you could almost make an argument were a better driver. Uh, Benny Parsons, you could – I'm not going to – I'd have to look up stats and, and, and percentages, but Davey Allison, Buddy Baker, Greg Biffle, um, you know, even to an extent was Ryan Newman had an overall better career. Um, Casey Kane sort of fell off, but Kyle Larson's behind him. Chase Elliott's behind him. Guys that you would assume are going to pass him, kind of an all-time perspective. But, you know. Like, even if we look at laps led, he only has nine seasons where he's led more than 100 laps. And he only has one season where he's led 1,000 laps. Yep. So, we'll stop ramping on Bobby Labonte for now. We'll move on to the next question is, Really, the question that you were talking about is what do you consider a hall, the minimum to get into the Hall of Fame? So it's a hard question because I think everything is circumstantial. Um, when I tried to think about it earlier, I think win-wise, I really would like a driver to at least be at 20 career wins. But mind you, even that sort of is a tough line to cross because only 42 drivers have done that in NASCAR history. Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott have not even done that in NASCAR history. Um, you know, Speedy Thompson holds the 42nd ranked of career wins with 20 career wins. I have no clue who Speedy Thompson is. Um, Jack Smith, I've heard the name. Couldn't tell you a lot about Jack Smith. He has 21. Um, but I, I think if you – I think another guy who uh, we may discuss here in just a little bit who does not have a championship is a perfect qualifier for what a non-champion Hall of Famer looks like. And I think even he has got things on his resume that you don't even necessarily have to have because he was that good. He just never wore the crown at the end of the season. Um, I think for me, a Hall of Fame driver is somewhere between – Ryan Newman on the low end and a Dale Jr. on the high end, assuming you don't win a championship. Uh, you've got to be relevant for your career. You've got to have won. To me, I really want you to at least be at 20 career wins, 25 or 30. Great. Fantastic. The more the merrier. Um, if you win a crown jewel, which to me, crown jewels really don't mean as much anymore. Maybe that's just me being a pessimist. Um you know, fine and dandy, great. To me, crown jewels don't mean that much more outside of just another race win these days. Um, you know, but people will throw that on your resume, and I have a great – the reason I'm putting one guy in over a couple other guys is for those exact thing reasons that they're using crown jewels for a lot of these guys to justify them going in. Um, I just – I think you've got to have 20 career wins. I love a 50 or 60 top 10 ratio. I've always been big on if you have 60% top 10s, you are probably a, a championship caliper driver. As I say that, Chase Elliott does not have that in his career. Uh, so 50 really? to 60%, I, he does not. I believe he's in the mid-50s. Um, 
50 to 60% top 10 ratio goes a long way in my opinion, because if you can, if you're running top 10 and 18 out of 36 races every single year, 18 to 20 to 25, you're, you're racing at a competitive enough level that you've, you've been around for when race wins, you've been around in the championship hunt, or at least the discussion in the playoffs. Um, I think the playoffs obviously kind of changed the outlook of what you asked for a champion now. So now give me 20 wins. You need to be in the playoffs. 60 to 70 percent of the seasons that you're in the cup series so you know if you're in the play if you're if you have a 20-year cup career you should have made the playoffs at least 10 to 12 times and this is all again if you don't win a championship this is all on the basis we're talking about the bare minimum to get in the hall of fame you do that kind of stuff i'm pretty comfortable with you getting in that being said i'm sure eventually and this is for a driver you know it's hard to really discuss crew chief or, or media member because it's just such a different realm the thoughts on so i do want folks to know this is all based on a being a driver being voted into the hall of fame that's where i would kind of stand give me 20 wins and give me the fact that you are relevant for the majority of your career so in my opinion with the title because again i don't think that a title should guarantee you i think you need one win 25 wins at the minimum one title 25 wins at the minimum and you need to have at least 50 percent top 10 percentage if you have lower than that if you're like in the 30s or 40s i don't think you should get in Without well here's the problem here's the problem you already have then then you've got to take a guy like dale and hart jr out dale and hart jr well yeah well dale and hart jr he kind of transcends that because what's dale beautiful about this question is we're showing the point that there's not really a true answer right but then you could say with Dale Jr. is like he's mostly in because of his impact on the sport, less than his stats. Correct. Correct. Without a championship, and I'd say Dale and Jr. should be in if you're going on stat-wise. Like if you have no impact on the sport, like if you're literally a Carl Edwards, he had no impact on the sport, he just drove and left. You would need at least 30 wins and 50%. That's in I mean- my opinion. Again, a championship goes a long way. You have to ask the question to yourself right off the bat when you have the discussion. If Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott came out today and had a press conference and said they were retiring, would you put them in the Hall of Fame? No. It would be hard not to, though. Kyle Larson, I mean, Kyle Larson to me wouldn't be as hard, but Chase Elliott has an Xfinity Series title. He has a Cup Series title. He's the most popular driver three years in a row, which to me doesn't mean a ton. That's just another award. But they both have a chunk of wins, 14 wins for one, 17 wins for the other. I could easily see where somebody would say no, but if you if we have guys that are getting voted in because they were truck series champions or Xfinity series champions, um, you know, a guy like a Chase Sealy has an Xfinity series title and a Cup series title already, and he's less he's not even close to being thirty yet. And then again, oh, because like oh, he's not thirty yet, and they were so retired now. Then you kind of go to that conversation of oh, what if because he retired so young? I'm just saying now, and now if you're comfortable with saying that. Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott wouldn't get in. I'm comfortable then, saying then that. You I'm can, comfortable saying you can they easily should not. Go with they them. would get in. I don't think they should, though. Right. And as long as you're comfortable with that, then that's what I'm saying. That's got to be your first step before you immediately say a championship does not get you in. And if you believe that, which I'm not arguing, I'm just making sure, if you believe that, then that's the first question you've answered, and you're good with that because you, you just got to stay consistent. Um, right. right. And so then – to me, you know, I, I won't be able to – you know, championships to me have been devalued. That's another discussion for another day. But I still feel like modern champion. like to me it would be easier to put Chase Elliott in over Larson right now. And that's not even because of my bias. It just – Chase's 
technically done more in the sport in a sense than Kyle has done at this point. Right. Um, even though Kyle, I think, is revel- – I mean, like, I would put Kyle in the Racing Hall of Fame right now, just a general Racing Hall of Fame period. I would not put Chase Elliott in that. But, right. again, another topic for another day. All right, so last question is who would you put on the current ballot? Who would you put in the Hall of Fame? Which three drivers? So, first, obviously, we want to look at it. You vote in – there's a modern era ballot, and then there's a pioneer. You put in two modern era guys, you put a pioneer. Modern era, obviously, has been – in recent memories, the last handful of decades, I think it's a cutoff of either 50 or 60 years. I can't remember what it is. Um, but the Pioneer ballot is, you know, kind of legacy guys, older guys, legends, um, you know, legends of the sport that help build the sport. So um, I think to me that the first one we want to have, because I know we're going to have fun talking about the modern era because we get to pick two, but I figured we'll do the Pioneer ballot first. Uh, the nominees are Sam Ard. Um, he was an Xfinity Series pioneer and a two-time Xfinity Series champion. He held the the Xfinity Series wins record until Kyle Busch broke it, I believe. Um, AJ Foyt, seven Cup wins, um, including the Daytona 500 in 1972. You had Banjo Matthews, who built cars that won more than 250 Cup races and three championships. And I'm reading this from the Hall of Fame.com. Um, Herschel McGriff, who won a 1986 NASCAR West Series championship, and then Ralph Moody who was a two-time Cup Series uh, champion as an owner and a mechanical, they say mechanical genius for Holman Moody. So uh, multiple-time Cup Series champion as an owner and then a huge mechanic and and a legendary mechanic in the sport. Um, Going off the Pioneer ballot, which is always harder just because we were nowhere being even thought of. Most of our parents weren't even together or knew each other or ever thought of each other when these guys were doing things. Um, Immediately, I'm taking off A.J. Foyt because I don't think A.J. Foyt necessarily should ever be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's a racing legacy, like racing Hall of Fame guy, not a NASCAR Hall of Fame guy. Right. Um, Herschel McGriff, I mean, a West Series, the West Series used to be a big deal back in the day. Doesn't mean anything to me now. Um, there's just so many guys that have done so much more. I don't know if Herschel McGriff ever gets in. He would definitely not be on mine. Um, Ralph Moody, to me, uh, you have you could I would be fine with it, but to me, doesn't equal the. I have two names written down, and it'd be hard for me to pick between the two. And my two names are Sam Arden, um, because obviously, it's to me, it's always easier to put in a driver, which is sort of a bias, but it, it's just be honest, it's a natural bias for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. His drivers seem to lead the forefront, um, helped build the NASCAR Xfinity Series into what it is, and he's a two-time Xfinity Series champion. Before Kyle Busch and Mark Martin really became dominant, I mean, he was the guy that that pretty much was the the legacy guy in the Xfinity series was Sam Arden. I'd never heard of his name when I was little, but we dang sure heard his name a lot when Kyle Busch started breaking records. Um, the other name I have written down is Banjo Matthews. I mean, built cars that won over 250 cup races. That is a big number and three championships. I think I would lean more towards Banjo Matthews than Sam Ard. Uh, but to me, it's a toss up between those two. I wouldn't be upset either way. What say you? I'd agree with you. I mean, A.J. Foyt, big racing guy, but A.J. Foyt should not be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, NASCAR Hall of Fame-wise. It really does come down, in my opinion, between Sam Mart or Banjo. I'd probably lean more towards Banjo just from because from a legacy standpoint, his impact probably was felt more on the sport than Sam Mart's personally. So I'd probably have to go with Banjo on the uh, Pioneer Belt. Yeah, especially, you know, 250 races that were a, a car that were built by him or related, you know, his company, that's pretty dang successful. I mean, that's a huge notch of Cup Series wins. 
Right. That's more than Richard so, Petty. Yeah, more than Richard Petty. Uh, so then looking at the modern air battle, I know this one will be fun because uh, now I will not, would not be surprised if me and you have the same exact two names. You know, I know that – so next we have the modern era ballot, and I know this one's going to be fun. Would not be surprised if me and you have the same two names because that's how it always seems to pan out. Also, maybe some recency bias in our picks, but I feel like I have pretty good arguments for them. But reading the list of nominees, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten nominees on the modern era ballot. Only two will get chosen. First one, Neil Bonnet, 18-time cup winner including uh, consecutive Coca-Cola 600 winners. Tim Brewer, two-time NASCAR Cup Series championship crew chief. Jeff Burton, 29 cup wins, including a Southern 500 and two Coke 600s. Carl Edwards, 28-time cup champ, 2007 Xfinity Series champion. 28-time uh, cup champ? Yeah, uh, she, she, cup, cup winner. How about this? <laughs> cup winner. 2007 Xfinity Series champion Harry Gant. Now I'm reading the I'm reading the things that, that they're li listing. These drivers or people may have done more. We'll get into that when we talk about them. Harry Gant, winner of 18 Cup races, including two Southern 500s. Harry Hyde, 1970 Cup Series crew chief, who won the championship. Matt Kenseth, 2003 Cup champ, 39 Cup wins. Larry Phillips, the first five-time NASCAR Weekly Series national champion. Uh, Ricky Rudd, 23 cup wins, including the 97 Brickyard. And then Kirk Shelmerdine, four-time Cup Series championship crew chief. I believe those four came with Dale Earnhardt, all four of them. Um, so kind of looking at that list, you know, it's a, it's a stacked list. There's guys – there's a lot of guys, though, I think immediately. I just – it doesn't feel right. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, I only saw the end of Ricky Rudd's career, but it sort of just – Ricky Rudd to me has that weird vibe where he's that weird in between where I, you know, I'm perfectly fine with him not being in the Hall of Fame. Larry Phillips, it's just, you know, national championships are, are awesome. They mean a lot, but it just, they, to me, they don't mean as much as, you know, national level or weekly series champ, national champions, which is a big deal because it is still a national championship, but it still feels a little bit different than winning them in kind of the big three divisions of NASCAR. Um, Harry Hyde, only a one-time Cup Series championship crew chief. Now, Harry Hyde is a personality in the sport that played a huge role. Um, Harry Gant, you know, I've kinda, I'll kind of get into more reasons of who I'm going to put in over who I not. Tim Brewer, a guy I'm not even considering. Um, and then Neil Bonnet, I never really got to know a ton about Neil, but I, I kind of get into him as well. But I want to do the first guy and then second guy. I'll say my first guy. You can say your first guy if you want to do it that way. All right. But – the first guy that I got to put in, um, you know, I'm using my first vote and, and I'm going to use my first vote on the guy I think is most deserving um, is 100% Matt Kenseth, um, 39 cup wins, 2003 champion, two-time Daytona 500 champion, uh, one-time Southern 500 champion, and a one-time Coca-Cola 600 winner. Um, you know, automatically you look at the list and I believe he's the only cup series champion on the list. Um so, you know, to go back to the championship discussion, Matt Kenseth, to me, is the perfect example of a one-time champion who stayed relevant his entire career. And that, to me, makes him a first ballot Hall of Famer in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I have to agree with that, too. Matt Kenseth, 39 wins. Like you said, 2003 champion. If you don't put him in the Hall of Fame, it doesn't make any sense. I think he only missed the playoffs one or two times in his entire career also. So, we'd like you said, he stayed relevant. Matt Kenseth, in my opinion, is a no-brainer. 
Right. And I think it feels weird with Matt because it, it still doesn't feel like that long ago we saw him. I mean, we saw him win 30, run 32 races just two seasons ago. Um, so that's why I'm saying I really would wish they would push back. the. T- I mean, at least give it five years, man. Like, you should be out of the sport and retired or at least not. If, like, if you're a driver, you have not driven races in at least five years. I think it just makes it more special when they pop up on the ballot and like, yeah, man, I forgot how much of a badass that guy was. Um, and throw in with that 29 Xfinity Series wins that we didn't even talk about. So um, was always – I remember back in the day, man, it would be a nice Friday night or a Saturday Xfinity Series race. And if Matt Kenseth was in that race, he was going to be a threat to win that race in the Xfinity Series too. So, you know, he's one of those those just all-around talented guys. I, I think it's it, he doesn't feel as first ballot as like a Jeff Gordon or a Jimmy Johnson. But when you consider the people he's up against, if you don't vote in Matt Kenseth, on this, I just don't know what you're looking for in in someone who to be a Hall of Famer. Now, who do you think is your sec? Who's your second? Second pick, I'm 100% confident in, and that is a driver with a Southern 500 win, a 600 Coca-Cola 600 fire uh, 600 win. Did won both the 600 and the Southern 500 in the same season. Uh, is an Xfinity Series champion and has 28 Cup wins and is the only driver in NASCAR history to lose a championship by zero points, and that is Carl Edwards. Um, it feels weird to think Carl's not in the Hall of Fame yet because he's been gone longer than you remember. Um, the reason I put him over guys like Jeff Burton and Harry Gant and, and guys like that is – the reason guys like Neil Bonnet, Burton, and Gann are on the list is because they have an okay amount of cup wins, and it always has, like, well, they won a couple of Southern 500s, and they won this, or they won that. Carl Edwards is an Xfinity Series champion, which neither one of those drivers are. I, I don't believe. It doesn't even at least have it listed. I could be wrong on that. Um, he's also won multiple crown jewels, like every single one of those drivers have. He's got more cup wins than all three of those drivers I just discussed. And he was more in the championship conversation long-term and just period than any other of those three drivers that I just talked about. Carl Edwards is, and I I said this a few weeks ago because it's something that you don't think about. He doesn't necessarily have the wins that Denny Hamlin and Mark Martin have, but Carl Edwards should arguably be in the conversation for the best driver to never win a cup series championship. He literally lost the title to Tony Stewart by zero points in 2011. Yeah, I'm not picking Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards is another driver that you can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm of the opinion, like, it's – you can convince me one day that he should be in Hall of Fame. You convince me that he shouldn't be in Hall of Fame. It really is just a back and forth for me. I'm picking Kurt Schoenberdien as my second just because – how are you a four-time cut? Like, I want to put into perspective how hard it is. I know you had Dale Earnhardt as your driver, arguably one, one of, if not the greatest driver of all time. But you still need to have a great crew chief to at least win one championship, or at least a good crew chief to win one. He won four championships. Four. That should count to be the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame and he was even taken off the ballot at one point is criminal, in my opinion. To win four championships, which is the same amount as Jeff Gordon, might I add, and not be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, is critical. Kurt Schumberdine, he's someone who should honestly have been a first ballot Hall of Famer as soon as they put him in, in my opinion. Because, again, you win four championships. Yeah, I know it's a crew chief. I know you have Dale Earnhardt as your driver. But to still do that is still damn just incredible. Well, and I don't think Kirk's a bad person to put in. I think this year's the kind of year where – 
if a guy like Kirk doesn't get in, it could be really detrimental to if he ever gets in. But I think, I think to me, and this may be biased, I think it's hard from, it's hard to ever argue a crew member or a crew chief or a media member should get in over a star driver. I can easily a, take a, a four-time crew chief over a zero-time cup champion. Am I? I can do that at least. I mean, and don't get me wrong. The four championships mean a lot. It would be a lot different conversation if he was only a one-time Cup Series crew chief champion. Trust me, I get it. The four really do highlight that. And, and you know, when you put that in comparison to a driver that never won a Cup title, it's, it's understandable. I mean, so Kirk to me is not a bad choice here. I roll with Carl, but I tend to have a bias towards drivers more than than other members of the sport, even though it's sometimes hard to remember that NASCAR is not just drivers. There's crew members, there's crew chiefs, there's media members, there's there's car builders, there's owners, there's all that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of them that are in the Hall of Fame. Um, so Kirk, to me, is not a bad choice. I would put Kirk over Ricky Rudd. I'd put him over Larry Phillips. I'd put him over Harry Hyde. I'd put him over Gant. So, I mean, it, it would probably Kirk would probably be my third pick. Um, when you really look at it and think about it. Um, and I wouldn't even be upset if he makes it in, but I also think at some point Carl Edwards to me is a Hall of Famer, 100% a NASCAR Hall of Famer um, from his impact on the sport. Now he was never a Dale Hart Jr. in terms of popularity, but he was a constant in the sport, had a solid fan base behind him. Um, his story of how he got there and then to be a 28-time cup winner and Xfinity Series champion um, – it's close to winning a cup title without winning a cup title that you can ever literally be in the history of the sport. Um, it's, it's hard to try to convince me that Carl Edwards should not be there. I think Carl will we'll get in eventually, but who he's up against, because then you got to think about the impact over outside of the sport. Like this is another one. Neil Bonnet was a very popular broadcaster back in his back, you know, the eighties and the nineties. Like he was very popular, especially because NASCAR was just getting into that broadcasting role. Member of the Alabama game on, on arguably one of the most famous families in NASCAR. I take someone like Neil Bonnet because he had more of an impact on the sport than Carl Edwards. He, I'm not going to take Neil Bonnet over Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards has I would two do. more cup wins. He has just as many crown jewels. He's an Xfinity Series champion. That is slander. Okay, but I'm, okay, but I'm arguing that Neil Bonnet's had more impact because there's more than just – if you're going just off driving stats, then obviously Carl Edwards. But Neil Bonnet had more of an impact because of yeah, his role Neil, outside Neil the sport. Neil Bonnet also wasn't Benny Parsons. He wasn't Mike Joy. Okay, so who would you put – who would you put stat – okay, so who would you put over in the Hall of Fame? Dale Jr. or Carl Edwards? Dale Earnhardt Jr., he's a two-time Xfinity Series champion. Because people argue that. Now, now, if you go on just cup career, you'd have to put Carl in because Carl was a better cup series driver than Dale Earnhardt Jr. was. But Dale Jr. had two Daytona 500s, which is the but biggest see, race in NASCAR. To me, but Dale Jr. has such an impact on the sport that Neil Bonnet or Carl Edwards could never think of. You literally cannot tell the story of NASCAR without Dale Earnhardt Jr. You can without Neil Bonnet. You can without Carl Edwards. I'm not going to argue that. So if you could tell the if you could tell the story of the sport without either one of them, you have to start relying on what type of driver they were. And Carl to me was a better driver than Neil Bonnet was. Again, I see him more from if Neil Bonnet didn't do like have this impact in his broadcasting, I'd pick Carl Edwards ten times out of ten. But seeing more of that impact, like even if it's not a, like as grand as like a Dale Earnhardt Jr. or Dale Senior. 
it's still big enough. Like if you go back to ra- watching races in the eighties and nineties, you will know that's like, Hey, that's Neil Bonnet. Yeah. But a bill, Neil Bonnet wasn't the announcer that I could, t- I would not have not have. I didn't even remember he was a broadcaster. I remember Benny Parsons. I remember that, uh, you know, guys back in the day, I'm trying to think, I never remember media members names, but uh, I'm, can't, I can't think of the one who's already in the hall of fame, but he doesn't seem to stick out in historical preference of he was oh he's a legendary broadcaster i don't think people necessarily look at him that way i wouldn't put jeff burton over carl edwards yeah jeff burton's a good broadcaster but he hasn't had that impact 100 percent does not have the impact no jeff burton i wouldn't put in the hall of fame jeff burton is a guy to me that if he never got in the hall of fame i would be perfectly fine with it same here i just don't he's in that middle ground he's he's bobby labani without a championship All right, so let's just restate who our Hall of Fame picks are. So my Hall of Fame picks are for the Pioneer ballot. Um, not for the Pioneer ballot. I'll start off with the modern ballot. Kurt Shelmerdine and Matt Kenseth. And for the Pioneer ballot, I'll give it to – how did I already forget who I gave it to? We gave it to Banjo. All right. I talked you into Banjo, which is yeah. who I'm taking as Banjo Matthews. Uh, modern air ballot, I'm taking Matt Kenseth and Carl Edwards. All right. So that is our lengthy Hall of Fame discussion. That is one I've been looking forward to for a while. How'd you like that? Oh, I enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to who gets in because I think the second modern guy is really going. I listened, there was Dale Jr. download like a month ago, and they actually made really good arguments for like almost everyone on the Pioneer ballot. They made some really good arguments for the guys on the modern era ballot. Um, Pioneer, I think, needs to either go to Ard, Sam Ard, or Banjo. Kind of just think it needs to be one of those two guys. Modern era, I, I'm. I think there's a consensus on Matt Kenseth. He's it's just he's one of those guys you know should be in. Um, the real question I think is that second modern era guy. It's going to be really interesting to see who gets voted in there because you could make an argument for for two or three guys on that list. Um, I tend to lean Carl Edwards to me, Edwards, and then you kind of sort of sold me a little on Shelmerdine. Just winning four championships, no matter what your position was, you were one of the best there was at the time, especially within your position as a crew chief. I mean, you had a direct impact on the performance of that car every single week. Um, you know, you've definitely opened the door on Kirk. So I would be happy with either Carl or Kirk in that position. I'm going to personally roll with Carl. I tend to have a bias towards drivers though. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be the most interesting part of all this is who is going to be that second person because if Matt Kenseth doesn't get in his highway robbery. Agreed. All right. So we're not done here. So we got two more segments. We got our race weekend rankings sponsored by John B's barbershop and we got our verse of the week. So let's begin by talking about our race weekend rankings sponsored by John B's barbershop. If you're in the South Florida area and needing a fresh new haircut or shape, head over to John B's barbershop on Davy road extension and Sterling road, Rob, Johnny, Will, all the fellas at John B's barbershop. They will not only give you a great haircut, but a friendly atmosphere that you don't get at other big barber chains. So head over to John B's Barbershop for your next haircut today. So we got three races to rank today. I know you definitely didn't watch one of them. I know you said you kind of saw the cup race. You said he didn't watch the Xfinity race. We got IndyCar Barber. We got Xfinity at Dover. And then we got the Cup Series race at Dover. 
So that being said, let's get started by talking about number three on the list. And I'm going to give it to the IndyCar race at Barber Motorsports Park. This is a race that I'm giving a seven out of 10. Kind of your average IndyCar race. Best moment for me was Colton Herta versus Roman Grosjean towards the middle portion of the race. I thought that was very entertaining. The worst part of the race for me is just there wasn't really that much jostling for position up at the front. First place really was able to get up front. Even the finish, it was lackluster. I know second place, he was so slowly inching in. He cut about eight tenths off, but that was really just because whoever was in the paddle award, he was so far ahead that he just cruised for the last lap. So seven out of 10, good race, not a great race. It's not going to go down to history as one of the greats. If, if it's any note what, for me, it's any note for me why it should be the third race of the week, even though, again, now I was at the dirt track working back-to-back nights, and it's been just been a busy weekend. I didn't even know there was an IndyCar race. So, you know, you've talked about the marketing of IndyCar in the past. I had no clue there was even an IndyCar race. So that's why it would be number three on my list, because I didn't even know what happened. And there's no WTF moment. Same thing with this race. Number two is the Xfinity Series race. This is another race I'm going to give a seven out of ten. Best moment for me was Josh Berry versus Justin Allgaier throughout the entire race from stage one to the end of the race. That was just a fantastic battle to see the two teammates doing it out. Worst moment for me, there wasn't really a worst moment, so I'm going to give it to the Mason Massey crash just because small team, you never want to see them tear up equipment. And, you know, this is one of those circumstances where, you know, it's small team tearing up equipment. There wasn't really a bad moment of the race. That's another reason why I'm giving a 7 out of 10. It had a good moment. But then it was, everything else was kind of just mad, to say the least. Really, besides the battle for the lead, everything else is kind of fizzled together. What say you? Yeah, yeah. well, I didn't get to watch a ton of the Xfinity Series race and stuff. Um, but, you know, any race that Josh Berry can win, that's, that's the, really the story of it here. Um, you know, it's so cool to see that guy have success. Um, Again, I wish I would have got to watch more of it, but being working at a – I worked my regular job on Saturday, and then what did I have to do? I had my nephew with me, so I was hanging out with him. Then we went to the dirt track I work at on Saturdays. Um, but, again, I, you know, Josh Berry's become one of those guys that, you know, obviously people know I'm a Noah Gregson fan, but a, a Josh Berry's a guy I love to see have success. So any race he wins has got to be pretty exciting because, uh, you know, that tells you about the true underdog of the sport coming to life. So that leaves one race left on this list, and that's gonna, I'm going to give it to the Cup Series race at Dover. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Probably should give it like a 7.5, but I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Best moment for me was Chase Elliott versus Ross Chastain for the final portion of the race. I thought that racing was fantastic looking at the highlights. Worst moment was just seeing Dirty Air still play a factor. I know it's not necessarily a moment, but when you had that, those restarts and you have, you know, you got to wait about 10, 20, even as much as 30 laps just for the cars to really – you know, be able to actually jostle for position when dirty air isn't that much of a factor. The main reason I'm giving this number one is because this is the only race on this list with a WTF moment. And that is Denny Hamlin versus the tire. Probably the most excitement you're ever going to get on pit road at all this season. And it's kind of fitting with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin and Pitt Road is like water and vinegar. Bro, when I saw the replay, I cackled. All right. <laughs> I was like, dude, he literally raced his tire off of Pitt Road. 
Now, if the tire would have beat him off a pit road, it would have been even more magical. Oh, I would have given but, him a 10 out of 10. I would have given him oh, a 10 out of 10. If, dude, that was hilarious. And what was so funny is the guy who screwed up was the first guy, like, hooping and hollering after they supposedly had a great pit stop. It was rooting and cheering and doing everything. I'm like, dang, and you were the one who screwed up. Oh. What an idiot. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, he's uh, going to you know, be on Denny Hamlin on pit road. So, yep, Denny Hamlin and pit road—that will never go together. That's probably why he's never won a championship. Hell, he lost the 2019 championship because of pit road. Yeah, that's true. He's always him and pit road are like oil and water. They're just not meant to be. Exactly. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Race Weekend Ranking. And let's end off the episode with our verse of the week. So, not a really eventful weekend besides the race off pit row with the driver and the tire. Um, so, here is our verse of the week. Open up the scriptures. From First Hendricks Chapter Chase, not quite over Dover. Put on a pretty good race. So, with the recent rumors that Dover might be having some financial issues, with the big crowd that the track had before the rain now, it may not be over for the Monster Mile. The the track, the crowd size looked good. I didn't get to see much of the race, but I did get to watch that restart battle between Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain. And racing like that is what helps a racetrack. And that was amazing racing. Of course, I can't remember who – oh, Tyler Reddick. So, never mind. I can't make fun of the driver who spun because he's actually talented. Of course, I can't believe it's not like Cody Ware who ruined that battle for us. Well, he did ruin Denny um, Hamlin's battle. Right, which I didn't get to see, unfortunately. But um, that battle between Chastain and Elliott was, I mean, were the making of just like the battle of the day. I mean, and they were still side by side after two, three laps. There's no telling who would have finally won it. One would get a little bit of an advantage and get a little out of shape. The other one would get another advantage. And it was just an iconic little battle right there. Um, if you can do more of that, then you are doing the right thing. This next gen car is helping all the tracks that we thought were boring and not helping the car, the tracks that we didn't feel like were a problem, which is weird. But I had a feeling that Dover could really be a good race with this car. I have a feeling that Darlington this coming week could be a really good race with this car. Um, I plan on actually watching Darlington, obviously, if things actually happen and you know, the race runs when it's supposed to, um, you know, I think it could be a really good race, hot and slick. Cars are already all over the place now, but hot and slick and, and it being Darlington and it eating tires um, and throw, throw in throwback weekend. It should be pretty fun. But, yeah, not quite over Dover. You keep on putting on some races like that. I think the crowds have come back a little bit and um, at least kind of wards off the rumor that they should be gone, which to me, Dover's a unique racetrack. Dover needs to be on the schedule one time and one time only. I'm fine with that, but – um, I think Dover deserves its right on the Cup Series schedule, and hopefully you put on more races like that, you have a better shot of that. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Motorsport Ministry, unless you got anything you want to say. I am all good, man. Like I said, I hope Darlington's a really good race. Um, I'll be busy, obviously, dirt track racing on just Friday night this week, so I may get to relax a little bit. I may go see my old mom all up in Charlotte on Saturday, and then um, then Sunday, obviously, Cup Series race at the house, just sitting there watching I you I just I'm weird with Darlington. I always wanted to go to Darlington. I've been a couple of times. I hate to drive there. It's the only track in my home state. But Charlotte Motor Speedway is two hours closer. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know which one. I've never figured out which one I claim is my home track. But yeah, just hoping for a good race at Darlington on Sunday. I think there's a really good chance we get that.
Hopefully so. Anyway, thank you, you all, for tuning into the Most War Ministry. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you guys want to listen to the rest of the catalog, just search up the Motorsport Ministry on Spotify. Now also on Google Podcasts and Apple Music. Just search up the name Motorsport Ministry. You can listen to all previous episodes. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time.